Almighty, the prophet Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, and he's preaching, his message was doomed. You know, I always wonder why Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. God gave him the insight to see what was going to happen to the Israelites because of their sin was so tremendous before God. And God put a judgment call on them. And that's why I believe Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. He saw the destruction of Israel, Jerusalem, the temple of God by King Nebuchadnezzar. He saw the destruction. And that's why he was we, he was he's called the weeping prophet I believe now we will start with Jeremiah chapter um, 38 verses 7 to 19 now that Ebenelech the Ethiopian one of the eunuchs, which was in the king's house, heard that they had put Jeremiah in the dungeon. The king then, sitting in the gate of Benjamin, Ebenelech went forth out of the king's house and spoke to the king, saying, My lord, the king, these men have done evil in all that they have done to Jeremiah, the prophet, whom they have cast into the dungeon, and he is like to die for hunger in the place where he is, for there is no more bread in the city. Then the king commanded Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian saying, Take from here thirty men with you, and take up Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon before he die. So Ebedmelech took the men with him and went into the house of the king under the treasurer, and took for their old cast cloth and old rotten rags and let them down by cords into the dungeon to Jeremiah. And Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian said to Jeremiah, Put now these old cast cloths and rotten rags under your armholes, under the cords, and Jeremiah did so. So they drew up Jeremiah with cords and took him out of the dungeon and Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. We're going to pause there a minute. The Ebed-Melech, the, um, the Ethiopian, he was a eunuch. He wasn't born a eunuch. He was made a eunuch because he guarded the harem where the, uh, the king's concubines and the other women were and he didn't want no other man to have no 
had an affair with his waiting queen or whoever he chose to be queen. And the princesses and all that, he want them all for himself. King Zedekiah was a selfish, selfish man. Um, King. And now we'll go on. Um, so they drew up Jeremiah with cords and took him up out of the dungeon. And Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. Then Zedekiah the king sent and took Jeremiah the prophet to him into the third entry that is in the house of the Lord. And the king said to Jeremiah, I will ask you a thing. Hide nothing from me. Then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, If I declare it to you, will you not surely put me to death? And if I give you counsel, will you not hearken to me? So Zedekiah the king swore secretly to Jeremiah, saying, As the Lord lives that made us this soul, I will not put you to death, neither will I give you into the hand of these men that seek your life. Then said Jeremiah to Zedekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, if you will surely go forth to the king of Babylon's prince, then your soul shall live, and this city shall not be burned with fire, and you shall live in your house. But if you will not go forth to the king of Babylon, Babylon's priest, no, sorry, Babylon's prince, then shall this city be given into the hands of the Chaldeans, and they shall burn it with fire, and you shall es not escape out of the, their hand. And Zedekiah the king said to Jeremiah, I am afraid of the Jews that are fallen to the Chaldeans, lest they deliver me into their hand, and they mock me. I'm going to add 20 to it. But Jeremiah then said, said, They shall not deliver you. Obey, I beseech you, the voice of the Lord, which I speak to you. So it shall be well to you, and your soul shall live. Now, Zedekiah had a chance to choose life or death, but he didn't hearken to the voice of Jeremiah. He didn't believe God was speaking through him because King Zedekiah, he made himself a little G-O-D guy and had all the false prophets. He spoke words into their mouths. And they spoke what King Zedekiah gave them to speak. 
But Jeremiah was a, a prophet of God. He heard from God. And he gave to King Zedekiah what God had spoken to him. He spoke it to King Zedekiah. But King Zedekiah rather believe a lie than to believe the truth. When the Babylonians return and besiege Jerusalem and defeat seemed near, Zedekiah began to summon Jeremiah for conversations. The third The third entrance to the temple of the Lord probably indicates a backdoor access from the palace to the temple. The king apparently wanted a private setting where he could talk with Jeremiah outside of his officials hearing. Perhaps Zedekiah thought that Jeremiah might reverse his oracles of judgment and the Lord would grant Jer Jerusalem a reprieve after all. This was not the first such, such conversation. Zedekiah's repeated sermoning of Jeremiah shows that at least part of him respected Jeremiah's advice if not his standing as an inspired prophet of God yet his command to Jeremiah do not hide anything from me shows that Zedekiah did not yet understand that Jeremiah always told the king everything God said to the prophet. Jeremiah certainly feared for his life. God had given him assurance of protection at the time of his calling, even from first, uh, even from kings and officials. That's Jeremiah Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 18 to 19, 18 and 19, verse, uh, chapter 15 verses 20, 21. Yet Jeremiah still feared, for he too was human with doubts. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 6, Jeremiah 15, chapter 15 verse 18. Jeremiah 20, verse 7. He had every reason to believe that a harsh word against Zedekiah could spell his own demise. Jeremiah 26, chapter, uh, verses 20 to 23. Jeremiah surmised that Zedekiah was 
hoping for a more favorable word from the Lord this time. King Zedekiah continued the secret conversation by giving Jeremiah the purported assurance of safety that he sought. Whether or not Zedekiah was sincere was one question. The more important question was whether he would follow through. His word meant little because his character was not dependable, good or evil. Zedekiah believed he held Jeremiah's life in his hands. He ironically swore this oath by the Lord who has given us breath, a poetic way of acknowledging that God gives life. The king inadvertently acknowledged that God is actually the one who decides between life and death. Well, I read all that. I'll pick up. But if you refuse to go forth, this is the word that the Lord has showed me. And behold, all the women, all the women that are left in the kingdom of Judah, Judah's house, shall be brought forth to the king of Babylon, prince. And those women shall say, Your friends have set you on and have prevailed against you. Your feet are sunk in the mire and they are turned away back. So they shall bring out all your wives and your children to the Chaldeans and you shall not escape out of their hand but shall be taken by the hand of the king of Babylon and you shall cause this city to be burned with fire. Then said Zedekiah to Jeremiah, let no man know of these words and you shall not die. But if the prince hear that I have talked with you, and they come to you and say to you, declare to us now what you have said to the king. Hide it not from us, and we will not put you to death. Also what the king said to you, then you shall say to them, I presented my supplication before the king, and he would not cause me to retain, to return to Jonathan's house to die there. 
Then came all the prince of Je Jeremiah and asked him. Then came all the prince to Jeremiah and asked him. And he told them according to all these words that the king had commanded. So they left off speaking with him. For the matter was not perceived. So Jeremiah abode in the court of the prison until the day that Jeremiah that until the day that Jerusalem was taken and he was there when Jerusalem was taken. Now the king promised Jeremiah that he wouldn't put him to death if he told him what he had received he had gotten from the Lord. And Jeremiah told him what the Lord had said. That his life would be spared, his wives' lives, his children's lives. But King Zedekiah, he didn't receive it. He heard it, but he didn't receive what Jeremiah was saying from the Lord. Because like I stated, he thought he was a little G.O.D. guy. And that he can say and do whatever he wanted. Even though he promised not to kill uh, Jeremiah, it was still in the back of his mind he could kill uh, Jeremiah. Because he had the power to do so. He can do whatsoever he wanted to with the people whenever he wanted to do it. So, and nevertheless, by him not hearkening to the voice of the Lord, it came to pass, and that's in chapter 39, where uh, Jerusalem fell. Jerusalem, the temple of God was desecrated. They went in there and they took all the gold, the silver, the brass, the bronze, all the things that King Solomon had put in the temple. Um... King Nebuchadnezzar men went in there and took it all out and burned the temple, set Jerusalem on fire. Just like Jeremiah had said, they were going to destroy Jerusalem and that's what they did. And you know what? God allowed it. God ordained that it be so because they were they were so they were a sinful nation. They had stopped following and worshiping God the way they should have been worshiping God and praising Him and giving Him thanks and glory for everything He had done for them. Oh God, Jesus! They just didn't do what God ordained them to do. All they had to do was praise God and acknowledge. That God was God, the true living God, that liveth forever and ever. God is God, and besides Him, there is no other God. He is the true living God. That brings to mind this Psalm 107, verse 8. Oh, that men will praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Hallelujah, glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Bless your holy name, Lord. Amen. 
and you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. And King Zedekiah, he thought him and some men could run away from um, the prince of Babylon. But they could they caught up with him. And they chained King Zedekiah, bound him, and brought him back to Babylon. Well, he got to see, like Jeremiah stated, he got to see his sons were put to death. And then um, King Nebuchadnezzar, he put out Zedekiah, uh, King Zedekiah's eyes after he saw his sons being killed. And then they bound, they, uh, he was blind, they bind him, they, by cords they had him chains or whatever they were. And eventually King Nebuchadnezzar himself killed King Zedekiah. Just like Jeremiah told him. But he what got me was was this that um King Zedekiah he feared the men of Jerusalem, the cat that was already in Babylon. He was more afraid of them than he were of God. I don't know why he was thinking there. He was doing some thinking, 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 thinking. He'd rather obey men, be afraid of men than of God. As for me, I fear God more so than I fear men. Um, there's a scripture that comes to mind, um, but I can't quote it now. You know, fled from um, I looked up a word called mitigate and it's lessen a moderate in sobriety severity that was one me meaning and another one was old oblivious, unmindful, forgetful. And uh, what Jeremiah prophesied came true. Judgment called into action. Second Kings, you find that in Second Kings chapter 25 verse 7 and verse 9. Jeremiah 39, 1-2. Jeremiah 38, 16. Demise. A lot of the people died from the siege. God ordained it. God allowed it to be so. It was judgment call on the people of Judah and the people the Israelites in Judah and the Israelites in Jerusalem. They all went in captivity because uh, Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, he, he, he had the true reign of all the countries, all the 12 tribes of Israel and where they were in the cities or the towns where they were staying. King Nebuchadnezzar 
He was a bad, bad. He was a bad, bad king. An evil king. A destructive king. And he went and did whatever he wanted. Because he was big and bad enough to do whatsoever he wanted to do. Because God ordained for him to go into Jerusalem and destroy everything in Jerusalem. Except for the, 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 the vineyards. He didn't destroy the vineyards. But he destroyed everything else. And he left some of the people there. All the people didn't go to Babylon. He left some to dress, be dressmakers of the vineyards. And when they had, it was a siege on Jerusalem and Judah for a long time, for 18 months, I believe I read that. 18 months, there was a siege. And they had no bread, no water, they had nothing. And they had to go to the Babylonians and get bread, get something to survive. But that siege was so bad that they began to eat one another. That's how bad that siege was. Where's where's that found? Know what I found? You know that was found in um, was it Isaiah? And it flowed over into um, Jeremiah, and it went into Lamentation. They them they go together. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I'll read a little bit of, of um, I'm just going to read a little bit of Jeremiah 40. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord after that, Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, had let him go from Ramah, Ramah, when he had taken them, him being bound in chains among all that were carried away captive to, of Jerusalem and Judah, which were carried away captive into Babylon. And the captain of the guard took Jeremiah and said to him, The Lord your God has pronounced this evil upon this place. Now the Lord has brought it and done according as he has said. Because you have sinned against the Lord and have not obeyed his voice. Therefore this thing is come upon you. And now behold, I loose you this day from the chains which were upon your hand. If it seemed good to you to come with me and to Babylon, come, and I will look will look well to you. But if it seemed ill to you to come with me into Babylon, forbear. Behold, all the land before you where it seems good and convenient 
for you to go. There go. Now while he was not yet going back, he said, Go back also to Gilaya, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, whom the king of Babylon has made governor over the cities of Judah, and dwell with him among the people. I go wheresoever it seems convenient to you to go. So the captain of the guard gave him viticles and a reward and let him go. Okay. The um the Babylonian prince took Jeremiah out of prison and and let him go. He was the captain of the guard of the Babylonian army. And that's how Jeremiah was was let go out of prison. And he had a choice. He could go into Babylon and live, probably eat from the king's table. But Jeremiah didn't do that. He wanted to go back to his homeland. And that concludes the message of Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. Now we know why Jeremiah was labeled the weeping prophet. He, he, he wept for the people of Israel. He knew the destruction that God has foreordained that will happen to them about King Nebuchadnezzar coming into coming into Jerusalem to desecrate the temple of God to burn the walls of Jerusalem to break down the gates and burn them and go into Judah and do destruction in Judah because they sin was so great it came up to the nostrils God looked upon and it was a stench in God's nose. So he caused judgment to fall on them severely. We would look at it and say, oh, that was, a, that was a harsh judgment. But actually it wasn't. God warned them. He warned them from Ezra, the prophet, the priest, to up to Jeremiah, Lamentation. He warned them that destruction was coming, but nobody was harking you. That put you in the mind of Noah. When Noah was preaching, it's going to it rain, it's going to flood. Everything on the earth is going to be destroyed. And the people mocked and laughed at, laughed at him and thought he was crazy. But he was speaking the truth. It did rain for 40 days and 40 nights. And so... From that time, they were marking the, the true prophets of God, mocking them, laughing at them. Thought they were crazy, but they were, they were not. There's nothing crazy about God's men and women of God when they start preaching doom and gloom, harking to what they're saying because it's coming to pass. Because God is ordaining it to come to pass. 
So we must listen to them. What they are saying. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the insight you blessed me with. And I pray, Lord, that it you will open the eyes of the people and unstop their ears so they may hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying unto them and through by your men and women of God in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, that you are not a respecter of person. You will use whomsoever you will, whomsoever you desire. Yes. Oh, God, that has a willing heart and an obedient heart, mm -hmm. a mind to want to follow after you, oh, Lord God. Oh, God, we're not hearkening to what man is saying, yes. but we're hearkening to what you are saying and through by your women and men of God, even your boys and girls that has the word of God. Oh, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, that we live among a people with unclean lips, oh, Lord God. And I pray for them, Lord, that you would take the foul words out of the people's mouths, Lord God. And those that think they're going to heaven and they're cursing and they're using your name in vain, Lord. Give them an eye awakening, Lord. Oh, Lord, anoint their ears to hear what thus saith the Lord. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father God. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And that was Prophetess King with the Burning Souls International Ministries here in New Jersey. Peace and blessings to you all, Apostle Murphy.